Welcome back to Perspective Season 3. In today's episode, I get to sit down with Ian Brash and Nick Hensel, both USC students and founders of Pickle, a software company that enables talent agencies to transform their talent's data into compelling presentations and helps them land more brand deals. Essentially, Nick and Ian are empowering the middleman in influencer marketing, and today we are going to find out how they achieved this. From co-founder dynamics, software development, to the creator economy, we are going to break down what it has taken them to build Pickle from the ground up. With that being said, let's see what Nick and Ian's perspective really is. started. So welcome you guys to the podcast. I'm very excited for today's conversation. I don't really interview a lot of software companies or B2B businesses. So I have a lot of questions for you guys. So I hope you're ready. But before we get into all the good stuff, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself so we can, and also the listeners can kind of just like center themselves. I'll go first. Uh, my name is Nick. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Pickle. Uh, a little bit about me. My dad was in the Navy, so growing up, moved about 15 times all over the world. I lived in Dubai before moving out to LA. Uh, I actually went to Santa Monica College first, was there for a year, uh, played football there, and then uh, transferred to USC. In that period of transferring, I started my first company, which was a brand partnership agency. Basically, all that is is connecting brands with influencers, no software involved, just brokered deals. Uh, we ended up doing a couple million dollars in deals in our first year. Worked with some of the biggest creators in the world, like Logan Paul, Mike Maylack, uh, and then some really big uh, e-commerce brands too. And kind of got me like into the influencer marketing space and uh, eventually ended up uh, leaving it to start Pickle with Ian. Yeah, so I'm Ian. I'm the CTO and co-founder here at Pickle. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, and I've lived there my entire life. Didn't move nearly as much as Nick <laughs> did. Um, came to USC as a freshman during COVID, um, so that was horrible. But over COVID, I learned to program, which is why I spend 10, 12 hours in front of my computer now today. So funny how that happens. <laughs> um, but outside of programming, which is honestly by far my main hobby and the main thing I do, um, love lifting, love being a degenerate at tailgates, super excited for the UCLA, uh, UCLA game this uh, Saturday. Uh, yeah. Can you explain for people like what programming is? Because for me, who's like a novice in that whole world, like, is that like coding or? Yeah, so programming, coding, kind of the same thing. Um, at USC, you study computer science, which is more of a mix of programming and math, mm-hmm. taking math, you know, creating algorithms that are rigorously proofed, and then writing them out in code so you can apply them in different systems, right? So what I do personally is I create our website, okay? There are a million different facets of that, right? But essentially I'm creating the visual interface that the users interact with, right? And then I'm also creating the logic that triggers when the users click a button, when they navigate to a page, you know, when they subscribe to something, when they sign up for an account, so that's the super high level um, view of what coding is, mm-hmm. but obviously it's a lot more granular than that. And there's yeah. really no point in getting super technical <laughs> yeah. into it. Yeah. It's probably gonna fly right over my head. So, okay, so how did you guys meet? And like, where's the crossover? Like, did you, were you guys like constantly brainstorming about ideas that you wanted to start or like, how did, what was like the inception of Pickle? 
Yeah, so we actually ended up meeting at Lava Lab uh, mm, on yeah. USC. So a student-run incubator, absolutely like incredible student program here. Uh, we got paired up in our like little team, a uh, group of four. So it was me as a product manager, Ian. You were a project manager. A product. Yeah, I don't think you were. Is that what the PM stands for? I'm pretty sure. Really? Yeah. What do you know about product? <laughs> I learned a lot. Uh, but, um, and Ian and I were on the same team and we ended up working on this product uh, called Paper, which was like, uh, helped you aggregate itemized receipts from every purchase you made. Um, we didn't end up continuing on with Paper, but I was kind of already in the process of like ideating on Pickle. And uh, I came to Ian and I was like, hey man, like we're not doing this, but like, would you like to do this with me? And after that, uh, you know, kind of like semester, like we started working on it together. Hmm. And what, where did the name come from? Because that is something I have like been wondering since I <laughs> heard about you guys. I'll, I'll take that one. Uh, so there's like a, I mean, you, there's like two stories you can tell. One okay. is, oh, it's a pun. You know, if you're in a pickle, pickle yeah. can help. Um, the other one is, okay, it's a tech company. As long as it's two syllables and like easy to remember, mm -hmm. that's like basically the rule for any name. Uh, but really it was, uh, it was my childhood nickname. My mom oh, gave okay. it to me. And um, part of me, like the last, uh, when I co-founded the agency, you know, it was named after my uh, co-founder. And I was like, oh, you know, I want to relate it to myself, but yeah. it's a tech company. I don't want to name it Nick you know, yeah. or something. <laughs> so I was like, Pickle's fun. Uh, it's memorable yeah. and uh, easy to, you know, kind of use. It's a perfect name. It's like, it, it's intriguing. So you're like, okay, wait, what is this? And also <laughs> on the website, I noticed like for you, your pricing, you called it like dill. Like it was like yeah, other like yeah. Pickle things, which was, <laughs> I thought was a genius little touch. Thank you. But I was wondering, I know you said that you like had already started a company like in the creator space, but what made you want to kind of like continue and develop a new one? Or like, did you see a gap in the market or what was that process? Yeah. So when I was uh, running the agency, we did everything on Google Sheets, um, mm -hmm. you know, tracking creators, tracking deal flow, mm -hmm. uh, tracking like invoicing. And it was really, really messy. We kept trying to find software solutions that would help us. Um, because we were a middleman, uh, there's a lot of tools out there for brands and a lot of tools out there for creators. And they kind of just like neglect the person in the middle. Mm -hmm. But uh, what a lot of people have like learned is uh, the vast majority of deals run through middlemen. Mm -hmm. um, and so we would, I went out and like talked to a lot of the agencies that we would work with and be like, hey guys, you're much larger than us. Like, what are you using? You know, it's gotta be like scalable at least at some point. And they're basically just like, yeah, the only way we could scale is we hire more people and we build more spreadsheets. And I'm like, okay, that's not very sustainable. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's gotta be an opportunity here. And eventually I was like, okay, I think I wanna get out of the agency space and into the software space. And I think this is a way in which we can do it. Mm -hmm. So you kind of, or what was like those conversations like when you went to talk to agencies? Cause I think that's something, or at least that if I were starting a company, I feel like I would skip over like the research phase, I guess you could call it more technically, but what was that process like? Did you have those connections because of your yeah. previous company? So when I was having the conversations, like I had, I started having them when I was actually at my mm. company. So it was, okay, we were doing deals with these agencies. I just want to ask them out of like professional like interest, like how are they doing it? You know, I know they're bigger than us. Um, after I left, yeah, user research is like, really, really important. Mm -hmm. um, even as someone who like, I had been in the space for a year plus, you know, I had done this, I had done a whole bunch of deals. I've 
was pretty confident that I knew what the problem was. But you're never really sure until you talk to a whole bunch of people. And mm-hmm. it's when you're going into those, like, I mean, you'll learn it at classes at USC and you can learn it from watching YouTube videos. It's like, it's really important that you're not going to them and being like, hey, I have this solution. Like, would you use it? Mm-hmm. Right. Because everyone's going to be like, yeah, that's awesome. You know, everyone wants to be nice, especially if you're asking people, you know, um, what's really important is like going to them and just not asking any, just asking what the problems are. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I was already semi like known in our space i couldn't go to them and then ask them because these are very simple like problems they're like why are you even asking me this you know like i know you know what this is i had to reach out to them from my student email and was like hey i'm a student at usc mm, trying sorry. to do like a you know a, like a class project like can you answer some questions for me mm. uh and i ended up working out pretty well nice and ian since you were the one like creating the website how did how was like how did you relay your expertise in like the influence world and like the problems that needed to be solved to like a CTO or like the one actually creating it? Uh, I feel like that would be really hard. Yeah, it it is, especially like I had never really worked on software before, so I wasn't really aware of all the intricacies of it. Mm -hmm. Ian did like an amazing job of trying to break it down to me. I think what he does really, really well is like, because he is so knowledgeable on this Mm -hmm. stuff, he is it's able to explain it in such a simple way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a lot of, I mean, the first thing I learned was like actually designing things. So in the beginning, we hired uh, designers and I ended up like learning how to use Figma a little bit. And now I do a lot of the Figma designs myself, even though Ian's not the biggest fan of my <laughs> designs all the time. Uh, not bad. <laughs> not bad. Um, but, you know, I think it was a lot of just sitting down and like talking about it and like very deeply trying to explain like here are the problems they're facing, like how can we solve them? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I mean, Ian could probably give a little bit of insight on how I did on that. And <laughs> I mean, where Ian, The way I see it, Nick goes, I want this built and then I build it. There you go. <laughs> it's that I, simple. Yeah, there's, it's that simple. There's <laughs> nothing I can't build. <laughs> and now moving into the product a little bit, in your own words, can you kind of explain very simply like what pickle is and what it does yeah so the go-to line is we're creating operational software for talent agencies which really means nothing uh, (laughs) if you're not a talent agency and you don't know anything about software Um, but the core problem that we're addressing is that the companies that manage content creators and influencers do most of their processes very manually right and that includes very important things like gathering data on their creators you know that's just finding numbers as simple as the follower count, but also more granular metrics, you know, on a per platform basis, like what percent of their viewership is, you know, in the age ranges of 18 to 14, or like what percent of the viewers are in the US, mm-hmm. um, you know, location, age, and gender demographics, right? Um, so the first step that we took was actually automating the collection of that data. So agencies never have to go in ask their creators, hey, you know, can you send me a screenshot of your analytics dashboard? They never have to go in and, you know, take all these big Excel spreadsheets, parse through them, and then send the right one to the agency or the the brand, right? Um, That was the first problem that we solved. Um, Going a little bit deeper into that, another problem that we saw was, you know, whenever agencies pitch to brands, the presentation is horrible. It's usually a spreadsheet or maybe like a ugly one pager that their designer was paid, you know, $500 to do. Um, and they're not really painting their creators who are, you know, creative people by nature uh, in the best light, right? They're not doing them justice. Uh, so the next problem that we addressed now that we had all this data was actually packaging it into these 
really beautiful portfolios that mm. these agencies can instantly create, you know, based on whatever creators they selected, customize to their liking, you know, choose a theme, uh, choose colors, rearrange all the data points, um, you know, add custom profile pictures, all that stuff, and then easily send them off to brands so they can see the creators, see why they're a great fit, see the numbers that are verified by these p platforms first party, um, and then continue on from their campaigns there. So it kind of like streamlines the analytics side of social media. Yeah, sense. yeah, that's uh, that's just one part of what we're trying to solve right now, but we're diving really deep into that because we've had the most, you know, positive feedback there. Mm -hmm. yeah. And can you break down like the various features? I know you just explained like the analytics and everything, but I realized on your website you had like a portfolio builder, um, the campaign management and success reports. Cause I think each one of those serves a different purpose, but it's super interesting. Yeah, okay, so like I said, our primary one is that we gather data on creators. So the platforms like TikTok, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube all have first party data sources that they give out to us um, upon request, right? So we can say, hey, you know, we have all these creators here. Can you tell me, you know, what was their average, you know, likes per video for the last 10 videos? Or, you know, what percent of them have a, you know, female following of over 60%, something like that, right? So we store all that data uh, in a database and we create, you know, we have a visual interface that agencies can use and they can filter down their creators based on that data and find the perfect fit for, you know, say Nike, who wants creators who have, you know, primarily US following, maybe they're trying to promote uh, like a men's running shoe. So they want, you know, the male fo following to be, you know, over 80% uh, and they want the age range to be, you know, I don't know, 18 to 24, right? Um, and then on top of that, you know, obviously these creators have different niches, right? So maybe you only select the lifestyle and, you know, fitness creators from that bunch. Um, and then suddenly the agency has cut down the time that it takes to go through all their spreadsheets and ask all the creators for analytics and all that from, you know, what could be honestly a couple weeks to a couple minutes, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and like I said, building on top of that, we address the next problem of, you know, presenting these creators in a good light by allowing them to create these presentations, these portfolios as we call them, um, which show off these metrics in a very visual way, right? Because previously they would just send a spreadsheet. Okay, cool, you have the numbers, but these brands are getting, you know, hundreds of these spreadsheets sent to them every week, maybe even every day, right? Depending on the size. So we need your creators to stand out if you use our product. So we're going to send this beautiful one pager has all the same data, but it really stands out from the rest of them. And no one wants to just look at a spreadsheet. You know, they see that they throw it in the trash. They see when our one pagers, they're intrigued, right? So it has a very visual aspect. They look great. And then they can scroll. And then our portfolio builder actually allows them to kind of tell a story, you know, mm -hmm. based on the brand they're pitching to, because it's completely drag and drop. You can edit anything. You can customize anything. Um, so you, you turn what's typically just a big, you know, bunch of numbers into kind of a story of, you know, why this creator is a good fit for whatever campaign, mm. right? So our other features we have, we've branched into a bunch of different things just to kind of test the waters, see what got the best feedback. Um, and like I said, we've gotten the most positive feedback on our portfolios, but we have features for campaign management, which is essentially a niche project management software for talent agencies, right? So typically they use something like ClickUp <clears throat> or maybe Asana or Trello, um, these project management softwares that are general use, you know, they're great companies, right? They have a bunch of features, um, but 
these talent agencies probably only use, I don't know, 5% of the features that are offered and they're very general use um, and they work. But if we could integrate that idea that, you know, that 5% of features and really hone in on them and integrate it into our software and have it work with, you know, the rest of the features we built out, we figured, you know, that'd be a huge value add. Um, so we have released our first iteration of that. And honestly, agencies are very, <clears throat> agencies are very hesitant to change their current workflows um, because, you know, they're so, they've spent so much time trying to perfect them, right, with this general use software. Um, so we have to do a lot more research and a lot more, you know, iterations to really find the value add there. Um, so we've held off on that. Like I said, we're going more deep into portfolios. Um, we have other features. We have success reporting, which allows us to take all of this data that we've aggregated um, and bundle them into campaign reports for a brand, right? So maybe a brand you know, is working with three of your creators and they each made an Instagram post, an Instagram story post, and a TikTok post, right? Typically, once that's done, the brand just you know, pays the agency, agency distributes the money to the creator. And then the brand just kind of comes up with a fake number that says, oh, this is how many people saw the content, right? They'll look at the followers and they'll find some, you know, number on Google and they'll say, oh, well, this person has this many followers. This is like the average engagement rate. This is the average impressions. We're just going to multiply that and call it a day, right? Um, because we have access to this first party data, which is 100% accurate, we can actually go in and tell them exactly how many people saw the post how many people engaged with it? Um, what is the spread of like the the gender and age and the location that viewed it? Uh, and actually give them a real report on who viewed these sponsored posts and you know what their projected ROI is based on you know whatever CPM that we calculate. Um, apart from that, we have a bunch of we have a bunch of really small features, honestly. But I would say those are the three. That's uh, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. doing a lot. Yeah, those are the three main ones, and the biggest one by far is our portfolios. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's genius because like no one really thinks about the back end of things and like data visualization. I learned about that in one of my classes, like how important that is. Because like yeah, you can say numbers all day long, but it's not until you like see it on a page and see like how the role it plays in the larger story that it's painting. Um, so I was wondering how many people or how many agencies rather use Pickle? Like, and do you have any examples of like a success story of like a brand that like really loved you guys or like an influencer that has been able to, I guess like just do better work because of the integration of your product? Yeah, so we've got about six agencies using our software right now. We're onboarding more and more like, mm -hmm. every week. Um, when it comes to like success stories, I mean, we have a you know a few agencies where them coming in, the pitches that they were using were pretty rough, mm -hmm. uh, and being able to see what they're sending out now and like some of these agencies, they represent pretty massive creators, mm -hmm. like some are like have over like 10 million subscribers on YouTube. And we're actually, uh, we have one right now that uh, they represent more traditional like actors and actresses. Mm. So I was testing a, a, a logic, like the rapper is oh, like yeah. in the process of like onboarding into our software oh, right now. Cool. Um, and so with that, we're actually, you know, we're expanding, we're traditionally, we work primarily with agencies who represent like creators, you know, influencers and our portfolios have really been set up that way. But as we're starting to get into the more traditional talent space, uh, whether it be like artists or athletes, um, 
we are kind of shifting into like a storytelling approach of mm-hmm. yes, they care about the social media metrics. Like sometimes the brand is going to care about that, but really it's more on who this person is. And when we kind of pitch these agencies. It's like, think of us like instead of you going out and hiring, you know, a really good graphic designer, right. To come in and make these presentations for you. We can do the same thing, mm. maybe better, maybe the same level, but all the data is live. These things are dragging and drop. You're not having to pay that designer every single time to go into Photoshop and like make tweets here. Like, oh, this guy has a new, like a new, you know, movie trailer that mm. I want to highlight. I need to pay somebody to go put it into the thing. Like we can do it for you. Like you can embed links, you can embed posts into these presentations. And so, yeah, it's been a, it's been really interesting, like seeing that shift as mm-hmm. well. And kind of talking about, I guess, marketing for a B2B company. Like, are you like cold emailing these agencies and being like, let us talk to you and tell us about your product and why you would benefit from it? Or what is that? How do you go about yeah. like getting new people? Um, so a few ways. Uh, I would say cold email works-ish. There's only so many agencies in the world and cold mm-hmm. email is like really effective for when you're like blasting out like 10,000 emails a week. Mm-hmm. Like, you would hit like probably every viable agency in like two weeks if you did that. Um, the what we do is uh, mainly I do like on LinkedIn. So I like okay. two ways. One, I love posting on LinkedIn. I think it's absolutely amazing. You get so much organic reach. And whenever we post about a new feature, I'll just have people like constantly like sign up for demo calls. And I get a lot of inbound through that. Um, the other is just like cold messaging people on LinkedIn. Now, because I've been in the space for a little bit, generally when I like am going to somebody's profile that's in influencer marketing, I have a decent amount of mutuals mm. with them. And so it's a lot easier. I'm not just reaching out as some like unknown person. Also, because I'm posting on LinkedIn a lot, they can actually see I'm a real person. They can look at my posts. They can see that I like care about this stuff. And, you know, I'll be on calls with people all the time. And they'll tell me, they're like, oh, like I liked your post on this or I liked your kind mm-hmm. of like thought on that. And I think it's like, and I tell, you know, my friends here and like other people in the space, I think it's really important to like build a brand, you know, like have, like be a person, like let mm-hmm. people actually see you and give people a reason to like root for you, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I guess in B2B, it's the networking is like especially important yeah. and who you know really does matter because those are ultimately going to be the people that are using it. Definitely. Yeah, we haven't spent like a single dollar on marketing and we did a decent bit of inbound, I would hmm. say. It's purely just organic and also like word of mouth. is like really important. Yeah. Agencies are super close with each other. I'm so sure. like doing right by them is really mm-hmm. good. And for the onboarding process, Ian, are you like hopping on calls, showing them how to use it or... What does that look like? Maybe I'm so far off here, but. So Nick is usually the one hopping on calls because I have to sit in front of my computer and code for <laughs> 10, 12 hours a day. Cause if I stop, the product stops moving. Um, but That's yeah, issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't mind it. I know what I signed up for. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Nick is the one doing the training calls mostly. Yeah. And do you find that there's like a learning curve or I'm sure Ian, you designed it very well so that it's very intuitive <laughs> to use, but. Um, there's definitely a learning curve. Um, I think we're not a massive company, so we don't have the resources to dedicate to like user research, like user experience research. Mm-hmm. And 
Uh, our user testing is really just like me and then sometimes my girlfriend like whenever he pushes something to light staging which is not quite live it's like a test mm-hmm. environment uh, we go through and we just like click through everything make sure everything works and then uh, uh, yeah we then push it to live That's good to uh, go. <laughs> yeah sometimes doesn't work out the best you know but most of the time That's it's okay. good yeah Trial uh, and error. yeah you fix it pretty quickly uh, I just have panicked calls to Ian sometimes yeah, I get a, I get a- text from Nick he presses the notify anyway when I'm on sleep (laughs) and he's like dude the website's broke (laughs) and I'm like fuck (laughs) so um but yeah I mean uh I'll hop on training calls with our customers like pretty frequently especially if they bring on new agents uh, or new employees I'll hop on a call with them and kind of walk them through the software I think it's we talk to customers pretty frequently. Like you can always talk to them more. I think it's like really, really important to be talking to them like as much as possible because until you get to the product to the point in which it's used like constantly, then it's like never really like good enough. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's nice. So that like when people are onboarded, they get to talk to you like the person or like the co-founder, you know, cause I feel like that makes it more intimate. I feel like with these bigger companies, you never see the face behind it. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now how big is your team? I guess because you were saying you guys are a small team, of course, but it's, is it just you two? Yeah, it's just us mainly. Like That's we've crazy. had, uh, we've had other people kind of throughout the journey, um, but we're an incredibly lean company. Uh, I hate spending money, um, <laughs> but probably a good thing. <laughs> we will be expanding the team soon. Um, we are taking in like our first uh, check for investment hopefully you should get wired over today so it's like nice. very exciting we'll actually have like funns to do things other than like eat ramen uh, fucked up tonight nick <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's uh it's very exciting and it'll be kind of cool i mean because a lot of the companies we're competing with have raised you know millions or tens mm-hmm. of millions of dollars and you know have massive engineering teams and just you guys. Yeah, it's just us. That's wildly impressive, though. <laughs> Thank you. And for the fundraising, what was that process like? Were you guys like the ones talking to investors, pitching your idea? How did that come about? Yeah, so we've gone about it in a whole bunch of different ways. Um, the traditional is just reaching out to mm-hmm. these firms. I mean, some of them have applications, you know, you send in. Other ones, you just cold email them. I've been on so many mm-hmm. investor calls um it's like dating it is like <laughs> dating and it is also it's really hard mm-hmm. you know and it is a skill for sure you get better at it over time but even then i mean there's certain things that you can control and there's certain things you can't control um you know for us one of the tough things is vc funding is down especially yeah. in the creator economy um it was really hot like two, three years ago and then, you know, slowed down. Now the economy, like the creator economy itself is like booming. It's growing mm-hmm. really fast. But uh, actual like VC funding into it has like dropped significantly. Um, so we're having an uphill battle there, you know, when we're talking to investors. But we also, uh, he and I have been in New York for the last like month, kind of like in and out. Uh, we got into this program called Antler. Uh, they're an accelerator. Um, it's been like, you know, incredible experience. Uh, we also have the potential ability of getting a check from them as well at the end of this program. Um, but yeah, it's uh, fundraising is hard. Uh, 
you just got to go out and do it. You got to be ready for no's. It's like sales, yeah. but like I would say even more extreme. Yeah, than it's sales. Like you're pitching your baby here. Yeah. Like you don't want to hear a no. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think for us, it wasn't as bad. I mean, I've had friends where they're like, yeah, I pitched like 300 investors before I got a yes. Uh, I haven't counted ours, but I'd say probably it's 100 close yeah. to. Yeah. Damn, it's tough out there. It is, uh, <laughs> but it's the thing you sign up for. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's also the reason why you love it, because if it was easy, everyone would do it. Um, okay, so now I want to talk to you guys about being like founders and more generally. Um, so I'm in this entrepreneurship class and we always talk about like dynamics of like a founding team. So what would you guys say your dynamics are? Seems like one of you is the left and the right brain, but how does that play out? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Nick is very non-technical. <laughs> Thank you. He's very non-technical. So I make up for that. And then he makes up for everything that I am not. <laughs> um, but it, it works really well. Like we have a really good dynamic. Uh, also like non like work dynamics. Uh, you know, I, w- I like to wake up early and go to sleep relatively early. Ian is, you know, the opposite of that. And uh, uh, when we were in uh, New York, uh, it was funny because so we got a uh, we got a little bit of a stipend from Antler. Uh, however, New York rent is like very, yeah. very expensive. So we ended up getting a one bedroom apartment and the couch was really bad, but they had a massive king bed. So Ian and I actually like slept in the king bed together. <laughs> like uh, each other 24-7. Yeah, literally 24-7. Um, and it would be, you know, I'd be going to sleep, you know, 11 o'clock at night. I'd be waking up, you know, pretty early. And then I'd, you know, start working and then Ian's up till like three o'clock in the morning. He's waking up at like 11. And then I'm just like, I'll go in. I'll be like, yo, Ian, like. Time <laughs> to get up. Yeah. But it, uh, you know, works great. We go to the gym together pretty frequently as well. Um, and it's good. You know, we have a working dynamic. But then outside of that, like also just like to hang out. Yeah. I was going to say, do you guys hang out outside the company? I mean, it seems like you devote so much time to it. So <laughs> I don't even know if you have time for other things, but. I definitely probably spend the most time out of anyone with Nick. <laughs> yeah, I would yeah. say so. Uh, the only person I spend more time with is probably my girlfriend, but that she lives with me. Mm-hmm. But then otherwise, yeah, I think Ian, I, I talk to like the absolute most, like mm-hmm. we're slacking each other all through the day. We'll be on calls and then we'll just, he'll hit me up be like, want to go to the gym? And then we'll be at the gym for an hour, hour and a half. And even we're at the gym, we're basically just talking about work. I was going to say, do you, like, I was yeah. going to say, do you find that talking about pickle like consumes all that you guys discuss? I feel like it would just be so hard not to. It consumes, you know, everything I talk about and think about. It's not <laughs> yeah. just with Nick. It's like, I'm constantly, I'm constantly just thinking about it. You know? Yeah. It, yeah. When you're a founder, it kind of consumes you. You become obsessive, um, yeah. which you kind of have to do because mm-hmm. you're doing a crazy fucking thing. <laughs> but yeah. And uh, lastly, you're a junior and you're a senior. Where, when you graduate, like, are you going to be doing this full time? And then when you graduate in a year, do you hope you're doing it full time? Or like, what down the line are your hopes for pickle? I hope we do so well in the next six months. I don't have to graduate because school sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I finish, uh, you know, in like three weeks from now. I've never done, I've never done an interview for anything in my yeah. life. Uh, so yeah, this is the uh, the plan. I think when we talked about it, it's like, uh, not only are we fully committed right now, we're so fully committed, we're not even thinking about anything else. So like, if this fails, 
it's we're bad. Yeah, 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 it's bad. Uh, I feel like though, like I would totally hire someone that like founded a company. Like I feel like you've such a valuable and unique skill set. So I feel like, well, I mean, obviously, I think it's gonna do amazing. But. Yeah, I mean, long term, sure, who knows? But like, I mean, when I, when I think long term, I think like five years down the road. Like we want to be doing this for the next few years mm-hmm. is like the goal. And do you hope that it's like integrated with all agencies, like the major ones? Like, yeah, I mean, we're starting to talk to some of the like largest ones in Mm -hmm. the world. Um, But our goal, especially, you know, as Ian was kind of touching on earlier, like we're really focusing on like pitching, like portfolios Mm -hmm. and everything. Our goal with that is to get the software to the point where it is so good that it is like, it's almost like stupid not to send through Pickle, Mm -hmm. right? Like you're missing out on so much data. Like not only are we helping you like the fun, like the actual like customization of the pitch, but like functionality wise, we're giving you a lot of like sales metrics on like, how are people, how are the people you're sending it to like actually interacting with mm. it? Are When are they opening it? Who are they looking at in it? How can we help you like actually rank your leads? So like the business leads you're talking to on a scale of like very interested, somewhat interested, or like wow. hasn't even interacted with your pitch yet. Huh. And you know, helping you drive more sales. Cause as we talk to these agencies, Sure, some care about operations and, you know, they care about efficiency and like that's important. But really what they all care about is how can I make more money? And we want to help them do that. Everyone wants to make more money. Exactly. (laughs) If you can promise that, you're you're gold. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know you already talked about um, how you're starting to go outside of like traditional creators and work with like athletes and stuff. Is that just targeting different agencies um, or... Like, what are your hopes for expansion, I guess? Yeah, so some agencies, when we start talking like to larger ones, right, they'll have a creator division, mm-hmm. but then they'll also have athletes, they'll also have artists, you know, uh, actors and actresses. And what we realized is that, yes, you know, our software is valuable for helping you collect these so- uh, social media analytics, but also where it's really valuable is like, we're giving you like professional quality designs for these presentations and they're really easy to customize, right? And because, you know, Ian's so good, we've gotten the customization to a point where with some of these agencies, we can basically say, okay, like you guys have already, if you're large enough, like you've had a designer come in and like make a professional quality kit for you. We basically can recreate it in our software and provide you the ability to like edit it incredibly easily and add new information to it. And if you want to include social media metrics, we update it constantly. And you're not missing out on any of like the kind of professional design you already got done because we're just emulating it inside of our tool. And when you're sending a pitch, it's not like you're sending it through Pickle. You know, it doesn't feel like a Pickle like pitch. Mm-hmm. It feels like a, you know, whatever my agent, like agency yet's like pitch. It's mm-hmm. branded to them. It's white labeled to them. Um, and so as we're starting to deal with different types of talent, you know, they all have different requests on like what, you know, makes it good. But yeah, I mean, we're starting to like kind of touch on it. It's pretty cool. Like being able to like kind of see how people are going to use the software. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking back now, I did a PR internship and I always had to like track those metrics. And it was mm-hmm. like so annoying. Like I was like, there has to be a better way. And yeah. there you go. You guys yeah. address it. PR, the uh, marketers, everything. It's like, uh, it's always important. You know, it's mm-hmm. part of, the talent's value is they have 10 million like followers on Instagram, you know, how many likes are they getting? How much is their engagement? Even if you're, you know, 
it, like a, we talked about like logic earlier, right? Like everyone, for most part, like most people know who it is. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing a deal on Instagram, yes, he has inherent value because he is logic. Mm-hmm. But they also want to price it based on how many followers he has, what's his average impressions, what's his average engagement, because they're paying for access to his audience, right? So they want to know what the audience is. Okay, so now speaking a little bit more to you guys just as founders at large, what advice do you have for people that are wanting to start something? And also what things have you learned that you would tell someone who's looking to be in a company? Yeah, so... When it comes to like lessons learned, uh, I think you never you can't control everything. You know, there are gonna be things that are outside of your control that, you know, you think should have gone one way, you know, that didn't. Uh for example on that, something we had to deal with uh somewhat recently was uh, you know, at USC we've kind of We've got so we haven't taken any outside money from investors, you know, until like most recently now. Uh, but USC has given us like some grant money. Like we've gone mm. through, we won competitions. So uh, you know, spring of last year, uh, we won the new venture seed competition at USC, like Marshall. Uh, so we won about like thirty six grand from that. And then you know, this spring we went through, and uh, Viterbi has you know a similar program. Uh, it's called MEPC. We went through, we won first place in that, and the uh, cash prize was uh, 50 grand. You got like 20 grand in legal services. However, uh, you know, after winning the competition, we actually, uh, they never ended up giving us the uh, prize. Uh, well, that's an issue. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit of a uh, ongoing conversation with them, yeah. but uh, essentially what happened was, uh, you know, we came through, we won, we were selected by the judges and the uh, stool kind of decided differently on who they shot, uh, thought should be like receiving the money. And, so did uh, they give it to someone else? We don't know Unclear. for sure. I mean, if you look on the website, like we're still listed as the winners of the hmm. competition. But yeah, they never gave us the cash. They uh, basically turned into a uh, HR department with us and tried to make some hiring decisions for us. And oh. we decided not to go down that route. Yeah, um, it's your company. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, we uh, tried to, you know, get lawyers involved, tried mm-hmm. to handle it. Uh, their response was basically sue us. Uh, and <laughs> I'm sure USC is yeah, we decided, said that. yeah, it wasn't, uh, we decided it wasn't, you know, worth, worth it. it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Sure, we'd love the cash, but at the end of the day, like we're building a company, like mm-hmm. you got to dedicate your time and energy to things that actually like really matter yeah, at the end of it. Um, so it was a lesson learned. Uh, I think when you're there are things where you'll go, okay, like personally, that like really like it's like an individual, like you could be really upset about something, mm-hmm. right? But you got to think what is like best for the company and like what's best for like the future of it. And so sometimes you got to put your own like personal opinions aside and like kind of move on from things. Yeah. And do you find that like since you guys are currently students, like, yeah, like you have situations like that where you kind of get taken advantage of, is that something that you, yeah, I mean, you know, you'll do things where you tell people, okay, I know Ian has to deal with this sometimes and it could be pretty 
you know, frustrating is, oh, you know, people ask you, oh, what are you doing? Or what are you planning on doing after graduation? And you'll say, oh, I have a startup that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, that's like a really cool project you're working on. And you're like, no, actually. <laughs> yeah. It is. Uh, I mean, Ian, do you have anything you want to say about that? Yeah, it's uh, being a founder is very isolating because no one really gets what you're doing and no one, no one really takes you seriously either unless they're in the same position. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many times that I'm, oh yeah, I, I work on a company, you know, I've been working on this company for over a year and a half and they go, oh, that's cool. And I can tell they're like, they're like rolling their eyes in their head. They're like, what the fuck is this guy doing? You know, and there's so many times I see my friends, they're making, you know, a hundred plus an hour at, you know, a software company. And I'm wondering too, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> um, It'll be worth it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah. And the people calling it a project, that's when I like, <laughs> oh my god I just want to go off when people say yeah. that shit I'm like oh, fuck off seriously like, yeah something so that you, condescending yeah. Yeah. yeah something you'll hear also um I even hear it from like uh, my girlfriend will be like I'm working on something right and related to pitbull and she'll go like oh well it doesn't have a deadline you know like you can <laughs> you can like uh you know you can wait a little bit like you let's go like do this or that I'm like hey Sure, there is no technical deadline to this, but if it doesn't get done, it doesn't get done. Like, mm-hmm. because it's only Ian and I, if something's on my plate, it never happens unless I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing on Ian's end. So, you know, it is like Ian mentioned, like, it can be very isolating. You know, if you're not going through it, it can be very hard to kind of find the right people to like talk to. Uh, it's one thing that's been really nice about like Jake, uh, you know, his kind of like founders uh, society, mm-hmm. like being able to go there and like meet other people who are kind of going through this. And also, uh, you know, when we went through Antler, it was like very similar of these are all people who now I'd say like average age of Antler is like 30. You know, mm-hmm. it it's that all of them quit their jobs. All of them are like fully dedicated into this. Some of them have been, you know, had started companies in the past. Other ones are, you know, hey, I was working at Lyft for like five years as a software developer. You know, I'm pretty high up there. I'm really, I'm ready to like dive into this. And so, yeah, it's uh, finding your people. Yeah, is like very important. Say. Yeah. Um, Surrounding yourself with people that like get it, you know, definitely is important for sure. Especially, yeah, I feel like that's a common theme. Everyone, all the founders that I've talked to, like no one really seems to get like the importance of what they're doing besides other people that are going through it, which of course makes sense. But that's also why I love doing this podcast because it's like showing people what USC students are doing, not just going to classes and stuff, but making a real impact and starting whole companies, not just projects. (laughs) (laughs) Not just projects, yeah. into the speed round of questions here at Perspective. We do this so you can get to know the guests on the podcast on a little bit more of a personal level. And because Perspective is an extension of Spec Magazine, a fashion, lifestyle, culture, and wellness publication here at USC, we like to frame the questions surrounding these topics. Um, So just answer with whatever comes to mind. Um, Since you guys are in the creator space, who are your favorite creators? I follow a lot of... uh like tech and entrepreneur YouTubers. Um, I would say Ben Awad is really good. He makes these uh, coding videos. He hasn't posted in a while actually because his company blew up. Like <laughs> he's like, he's doing great now. Um, 
But yeah, I saw him at VidCon actually. I walked by him. Yeah, he had a React Native shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> um, on my end, uh, I kind of watch like the whole gamut of things. Uh, I used to play like League of Legends a lot. Okay. Now I don't play it because it is like utterly addicting and like time consuming. <laughs> no time for that. But I will watch like creators who play it. So like one of my favorite ones is this guy named like Dish Soap. Uh, okay. But um, otherwise, kind of like oh, whatever. Uh, my, I actually like. Uh, I don't think you have TikTok. I I actually like deleted TikTok off my phone because it was so like yeah. addicting. And I should uh, do the same. <laughs> now the only time I really watch TikToks is like my girlfriend will like show me all the videos she liked. She's mm-hmm. like, look at all these videos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this guy sends me like twenty Instagram reels. A yeah, day. I use Reels. It's okay. basically the same as that thing. So you might uh, as well just re-download. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. That's uh, a common theme for people. Yeah. Um, what are like, what's one cool new startup that you know of right now that you're excited about? Did you see the humane thing? Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'm excited for that, honestly, though. That's kind of like dystopian. Yeah. Like, having true. something record you all the time. Like, yeah. yeah. Did you, have you I seen? I think I did see this. Yeah. The little, like, yeah, pen. I did see that. Yeah. I don't really it, get what it does. I, I mean, it replaces like your smartphone. So it basically is like listening and you can like give it voice commands. And uh, I saw this thing. You can like, you put I, your hand that out. Was cool. Yeah. You have like the little like watch interface on your hand. Um, like, I don't know. I think that it was something <laughs> AI is obviously mm-hmm. like the future. I am incredibly happy. We are not building an AI company yeah. because it's like, any day open AI can just kill your company. You know, mm. they're like, oh, cool. We just added the ability for you guys to upload files. Poof, done. Like a mm-hmm. hundred companies. Um, and so it's a future. I'm happy we're not yeah. touching it. <laughs> it seems very complicated and new and like people don't know enough about it. And yeah, it just, it seems a little messy, but yeah. <laughs> um, what, or like who's an entrepreneur that you admire? Maybe you know them personally or maybe you don't, but I have a really basic answer, probably Justin Khan, because I've seen him DJ a few times in uh, <laughs> in the parties we go to. Uh, he founded uh, Twitch TV, um, and he also makes a bunch of YouTube videos that I watch on entrepreneurship, um, random bullshit he does, DJing, that sort of stuff. Yeah, I would say um, this is probably a controversial uh, answer, given some of this, but like Scooter Braun, uh, I really like Scooter Braun. Part of it is controversial. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's for all the Swifties. I know that like a, his kind of journey, like, um, Ian talked about like the parties. Like I actually, uh, before, so when I was at Santa Monica college, I like got first involved in like entertainment through, Mm -hmm. uh, nightlife promoting. So this is a common theme for entrepreneurs, but keep going. Yeah. So I, uh, when I was like 19, started promoting at some of like the larger like nightclubs in LA. Um, and then actually ended up switching into more like private events. So like people that are like throwing like parties in the hills and, you know, I've gotten to go to quite a through like, <laughs> like fun, like celebrity birthdays. Um, but that's kind of how I started like meeting people. And that's actually like, when I look back at a lot of the people that I've met that have kind of like shaped like where we are like now and like access to resources a lot of them have come through parties mm-hmm. uh and so like the ability to like networking is like a skill like the ability to actually like go out and like talk to people is like really important so that's i mean we just 
talked about AI a little bit. I mean, yes, it'll help you with like written communication and, uh, but when it actually gets in like verbal in person stuff, like it's incredibly important to be able to know how to talk to people. And like, you never know, like you're going to talk to somebody that could like change your life. Mm-hmm. Right. Totally. Um, so yeah, that's uh, I'd say probably like him. Mm-hmm. I always joke on the weekends if we're like going to a party, I'm like, guys, it's fine. We're networking. Like, yeah. cause seriously, you really do never know like who you're going to meet and what it's going to lead to. So yeah. I mean, uh, just a random conversation. I mean, I met uh, one guy in the uh, influencer space. It's been like incredibly helpful for me through one of my old roommates, like match with him on Grindr, or like kind of talk to him on Grinder because mm. I guess you don't match. I said match one time to it. Uh, somebody. And they're like, no, you don't match. On you Grindr. don't match. <laughs> um, but yeah, then you go to the party, you go to the events, you never know who you're going to talk to. Mm. And it, I think it's, it's why it's also like incredibly important to like treat everyone you speak to with like respect mm-hmm. and like treat it as like an important conversation. Totally. Mark Cuban actually also started his entrepreneurial journey by hosting parties. Yeah. So yeah. There yeah. you go. Um, what is in this one's more for you? What's like your favorite website or like what website do you think is like really good interface and like user experience? If I had to pickle. Give, yeah. Well, if I had to give him a hint, whenever we talked about like new UI stuff, he always like sends me like Stripe's website. No, that's just so basic though. That's the first thing I thought of. Like, <laughs> I mean, the landing page is cool, but like every tech company's landing page is cool. Yeah. You know? Um, see, the problem with that question is the majority of the websites I use, it's just YouTube and Reddit and then it's pickle. Mm, <laughs> yeah. I see. Yeah. And then like I'll Google search stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we use a whole bunch of like little like micro SaaS services, but I'm sure they're probably not like the coolest yeah, designs. Yeah, I don't know. They're, um, yeah, off the top of my head, none of the websites that I've seen recently really stand out to me. I mean, all of them have you know beautiful landing pages, but that's you know the standard for you know any company that yeah. wants to present themselves in a good light. Um, yeah, honestly, I don't know. That's okay. You'll have to get back to me on that one. Um, when you're not working on pickle, what do you like to do? How do you fill your time? Uh, I like going to the gym with Ian. Uh, I also will uh, fairly often like wake up like pretty early and then go. There's like a field on camp, like the village, like turf yeah. field. I'll go there uh, with my girlfriend and we'll go and do like a workout in the morning time. Um, and then I like watching movies uh, and TV shows. Um, I we have like a season pass to like Alamo Draft House oh, and yeah. you know we'll try and go and like watch like new movies like mm-hmm. pretty frequently like you know date night kind of thing and um gotta get nice. the unlimited popcorn yeah <laughs> no it's a it's a good deal uh it's you know I really like the uh no talking yeah it's like as soon as you go it's to like a, a normal like uh you know movie theater and everyone's kind of like talking around you're like oh my god like please just shut up yeah, <laughs> yeah I go to the gym a lot with Nick um Love going to concerts, mm. usually house. Um, I was just in Vegas, saw Steve Aoki, DJ Snake. And then before that, I saw Zoo, USC alum. Mm. Uh, yeah. Um, I love being a degenerate. I hate to say it. Um, I need my downtime. Tailgates especially. There's nothing better in the world than a than a tailgate, especially right. this Saturday. Besides, it's beside the fact that it's starting at twelve thirty. Like, ooh. oh, you see, you see the tailgate peak vibes. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Ian's gonna be at the tailgate. I'm gonna be up in uh, Oregon in the snowy mountains. Uh, it will be fun. It's like for like a founder retreat thing. Oh, but uh, okay. yeah, uh, 
I will be missing. He'll do the partying for you. I know. I'll I'll live vicariously through him. (laughs) And lastly, always like to ask people this: What's your favorite restaurant in LA? Um, Macaroni Republic. Okay. I don't know if you've never. uh, So it's uh, it's downtown, uh, next to Grand Central Market. If you're familiar. really good Italian food. It's like Michelin starred, but it's like a hole in the wall. Mm. They don't take reservations, which sometimes can be very annoying. Yeah. Uh, but usually the wait's not like too bad. Uh, pretty cheap, like relatively cheap food. Um, and just really, really good. Like handmade pasta, everything. And uh, so I, that's like my go-to like spot, I would say. I'm not a foodie at all and I don't <laughs> have a car. Um, <laughs> I wish I could give some sort of like cultured answer to this, but I literally eat the same thing every day. I literally get Which my, is. St- <laughs> so in the morning I get my Starbucks and then I get my, you know, one of the three, you know, pastries that they have. I rotate it, you know, Obviously. Um, <laughs> and then I will pretty much just cook ground beef and then protein pasta as like my <laughs> lunch to dinner. And then I'll have like some other like Trader Joe's thing for dinner. I literally do that every single day. You guys need to go out to dinner to celebrate the money that you just raised. Yeah, That's last what you time do. we did that. What? Oh last, yeah, well yeah. last yeah last time we did that we uh, went out after the Viterbi thing and we were like, oh, oh. dude, we got all this cash. Oh, okay. <laughs> we went to Maybe. Macaroni Republic. As yeah, well. we did oh. go to Macaroni Republic. Yeah, yeah. So um, but, but no, uh, we'll do it after the money. Yeah, I was gonna say wait for the transfer yeah. to come no, in. Premature and then... celebrations. Yeah, I've done that way too many times. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx it a little bit. <laughs> um. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of season three, episode five. Nick and Ian, thank you so much for your time today. I know that you guys are wildly busy. So thank you for coming on. It was very interesting to hear what you had to say and how people get to use in the influencer economy. Thank you very much. It was great having you. Of course. my listeners make sure to check out pickle of course on their website linked in the description of this episode and follow them on instagram at pickle.llc and also make sure to follow spec mag usc on instagram to get updates about new episodes all right well i'm your host chloe kopsky thank you for listening to the fifth episode of season three i'll be back soon with another episode of perspective in which i sit down with even more interesting usc stories 